Disclaimer, we do not agree with or support JK Rowling's bigotry and prejudice in any way, shape, or form, and we also do not tolerate Draco Sands or Death Eater sympathizers. However, they are warmly welcome to tune into our podcast. We'd also like to forewarn everyone that we will be mentioning later books and events in every episode, so here's your official spoiler warning. Enjoy the show! Again with Colin Burns. Ah, 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 hello, hello. Is Today there is there is our, a, no? Sh- mm. Oh, okay. I was gonna ask, is there a special number that's today? I don't know what today is. What is this episode? Um, it's the bonus episode, so it technically isn't number. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, continue. Today is our very, <laughs> <laughs> very awaited bonus Prisoner of Azkaban movie episode. Awaited Yay! for us. I don't know if anybody else has been awaiting it. Yeah, well, we have, and we're very excited, so feel free yeah. to be excited with us. We haven't recorded in a while, so this should yeah, be fun. it's been a minute. So, um, I don't remember if we do question of the day for this. I don't think we do. Okay. Because that would make things unbalanced because we don't do trivia. That's very true. Ouch, my arm hurts. Okay. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> she got vaccinated! Everybody who can. I know that not everybody can, unfortunately. But if you can, yes. please do get vaccinated. Yes. Um, I did, even though I hate needles. And it actually, it didn't hurt. Like, the needle didn't hurt. But I felt like I could feel, like, like the medicine whatever going in and it was really weird and my arm hurts really badly and yeah um this is a i just went i wrote down a whole rant about this movie and it's half of it is copy and paste of what i was talking about with adelia before oh yeah i don't remember what parts it is but um the change between this movie and the last one is so jarring. Yeah, like the tone of it feels very different. Yes. The life of the previous two movies is like completely gone. And like, it's so dark, like not contextually, but like quite literally, it is yeah. so dark. Um, I feel like it was too early for that transition. I don't I, think this yeah. was the time. No, because it's like... Isn't this when they switch directors, too? So it's, like, the vision yes, is different. And so I think much. that's a very, very obvious, like, when you look at this movie. And you're right, because, like, this was the first year that, like, there was kind of, like... I mean, you know, there was a real threat all year with Chamber of Secrets, but there's something different about it being an actual, like, entity, like, exists, and he's, like, a threat to, like, Harry himself. Because last year, Chamber of Secrets, like... He didn't know until he was standing right in front of him that, you know, that that was Tom Riddle and that he was a threat to Harry. It was a threat to everyone. And so up until this point, you know, the threats have been pretty universal. But this is the first time that someone is said to be after Harry specifically. And so I feel like that is its own transition. Like, the books don't start getting really dark until, like... The end of Gobble of Fire. Because yeah. that's, like, the Order definite... Order the Phoenix, no. yeah. Order the Phoenix is the first book that starts getting dark because that's obviously when Voldemort has risen and there's a real, a bigger threat in the world. (laughs) And I feel like that's even kind of funny because I feel like Order of the Phoenix, like the movie, it kind of steps back from the darkness a little bit. A little, but there's something about the tone of it that I think kind of captures how, like, dark the, like, time is. 
Um, but this yeah. one, I definitely feel the shift, and it's so weird to, like, try and explain it. But I think that, I think they could have captured the, like, okay, this is the first time that Harry's actually been old enough to really understand that someone is out to get him and him only. So I think that's its own transition that they could have tried just a tiny bit more to, like, make it very specific. Like, this isn't, like, you know, his... This isn't when the books start getting dark. This is, like, one moment when it's kind of leading us there. But it's we're not there yet, so... Yeah. Um, but what I will say is that this movie added an aesthetic to Harry Potter that is really just what everyone thinks of now when they think of Harry Potter. I really, yeah, I kind of noticed that too. And I was like, wow, so this is what people think Harry Potter is, like all of it, just the whole thing. Yeah. It's this. And I kind of can appreciate that because I feel like this does, I mean, I don't know how actually accurate this is to the books, like this aesthetic, but I like this aesthetic. I like... Yeah, what they've gone nice. for. I would have liked it if it was there the whole time because, again, it is so jarring, the difference between the last movie. <laughs> Sorry. He's watching me try to put a jacket on while like, <laughs> my arm is, like, dying. <laughs> oh, my God. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. but I'm sorry. That you like the aesthetic of this movie? Yes, I do. It, Me too. That, yeah, that's all I had to say. Okay. Um, yeah, I, my first note about, like, the actual movie, and I said, um, I know that you're going to say something about this, but how does Lumos not count as magic outside of Literally. School? My first note kind of after this. Because it's like, are you and I, I think what bothers me more about it is that literally, like, five minutes later, they're like, you can't use magic outside of school. You're gonna yeah, get taken out of that school or something. Like I know, and we're like, really? Because you literally were just doing it. Like, can they not detect through sheets? I mean, at least give him his privacy. <laughs> I understand that. Like, are they magic sheets? <laughs> that would be really funny, actually, if that was like a thing. Like, you can do. I I swear to you, that is something that Fred and George would invent. Put yeah. Magic under this, and no one will know. That would be kind of. A really smart thing to invent, actually. <laughs> um, this is really minor, and it's kind of a nitpick. But why is there a shaky camera when Marge comes in? I feel like that's, like, a stylistic kind of choice. Yeah, that is a stylistic kind of like... choice. But, like, you usually do that if, like, someone's, like, recording something. Or if it's from someone's perspective. And it's neither of those things. It's kind of strange. I'm kind of thinking about it because I can, like, see the scene in my head, which is kind of nice because I've seen these movies so many times that I just can, like, replay it in my head. I think it's kind of like, you know, because the way she walks in, she's kind of rocking back and forth, and I guess the way, like, I don't know. It's almost kind of like a perception thing as if we're seeing it through someone's perspective instead of out of the camera. What I can get from it is it kind of gives a little, like, youthful edge to it I guess like it kind of gives a little like what I'm picturing is just like Malcolm in the middle like you know how they kind of do that a lot I don't know you don't want you I've I've watched like maybe one or two um but this is a spoiler for WandaVision which she needs to watch but they do do an episode where it's like a parody of Malcolm in the middle Uh um and they kind of do that and so that's what I'm kind of that's the only thing I can really come up with in my head for why it would be like that is to kind of capture the youthfulness, I guess. That's fair. 
Yeah, uh, I figure that it's maybe because it's like, you know, the way she walked in, it's raining, she's got all kinds of luggage, and, you know, she shoves it at Harry, and it's all kind of, it's like kind of like a really, not like actually very chaotic scene, but it's kind of shaky, all of it. They're like busting through the door, it's raining, there's umbrellas, there's shaking water everywhere, there's a dog, so I feel like that may be why as well, to kind of just put through the, how it's kind of just like a, like a mess, like that scene. Like yeah. Like they come in the door. Um... The movie does a good job of establishing the relationship between Marge and Harry, like, very quickly. Yes. I actually, yeah, I have one thing to say before that. Um, I think it's funny that I never realized that, of course, Petunia cannot be trusted because she hates pets, like, hates all of them. What? She doesn't like dogs. What? Did Petunia, she say that? It doesn't. Yeah. I mean, obvious, you can kind of see it because the dog comes in and she's kind of looking at it, like, <laughs> gross. And it says that in the books that she hates dogs. And I'm assuming cats as well. And so I just think that that goes to show that she's... What? They have a cat. Since when? They've they they've said... I literally said it in the first book because I mentioned that it never gets brought up very often. But they do oh, have a cat. Oh, well, they did when they were infants, so we don't no, know. No, they had a, a cat. They have a cat. When is this cat ever mentioned? I don't remember, but I said it. I, someone knows, it, binge listeners to our podcast who definitely exist, um, please tell me, what episode is that? I mean, I, I feel like we're going to regret this when it. people actually do start ta- talking to us on Instagram, and then, like, years from now, they're going to be telling us when that episode is over and over again. But, so please. <laughs> Wait, but I know that James and Lily had a cat. Yes, because that's where I the that... theory comes from that Crookshanks is their cat, but it doesn't really oh. work. Yeah. Well, anyways, Petunia hates dogs. She can't be trusted. That's all I had to say. Like, this didn't have to be like a... <laughs> but they do have a cat. Like, just, that's all I had to say. Okay. All I wanted to say, people who hate dogs are just evil. Um, but yeah, I was gonna... My favorite thing ever is the way that... Daniel, like, the way he said, like, yes to Marge when she was, like... He is so sassy. He is so good at it, too. I know. Like, he really captures that side of Harry. I'm so upset. Maybe, I think this is probably a directorial choice, so I'm gonna blame it on the director and not the children actors. But they could have really gone all out on that in Order of the Phoenix. They do not show... They missed so many They missed that bar Because that was Harry's best year. Like, that was his most, like... And especially, like, this moment, because it was so... Because it's very understated. Like, it's one word, and you really kind of have to capture an entire, you know, 13 years worth of horrible relationship with his aunt in one word, and he did it. It was the eyes, it was the way he looked at her and everything. <laughs> yeah. You're still here, right? He I goes, think yes. <laughs> they did it very quickly, and, like, the, established their relationship very quickly and effectively. And it, I wouldn't say it's necessarily an improvement from the books, but I think they did it just as well with like, yes. because in the books they go over their whole history and everything. And I think yeah, that's which interesting, is but it's in the grand scheme of things, I guess it's not that all important. No, but I mean, if, if since it's a book, you might as well yeah. establish backstory. But um, since there's not time in the movie, I think that they did it well. And it was with one word from Harry. That's all <sighs> he had to say. And it was so good. I was watching it and I was like, he 
he was really good at, you know, capturing that side of Harry, and they could have used that to their advantage. Like, they figured out that Rupert Grant can make that, like, oh my god, what do we do face really well, and they used it every ten minutes. But they did not use the full range of Daniel Radcliffe's ability to be extremely sarcastic. Yeah. As they could have. Like, they should have, because Harry was that way. In the books... You know, have we? I'll never forget, like, all of the little, little quips. Like, not even the most famous ones. Like, you don't have to call me sir or professor. Like, he had <laughs> so many more that just aren't talked about. And he was just, oh my god. Oh my, it, it could have hurts done it, that know? it's not there. Okay. It's so bad. It was so, oh my god. That was, like, the best scene ever, though. Um, this is, does not portray to anything in particular. It's just when I felt like talking about it. But... <laughs> Um, I guess I'm saying this now, but I've prepared some movie trivia later. Adelia already knows this, but it's a replacement oh, yeah. for our normal trivia, and it's just, it, it, it's, you'll see later. It, there's not going to be any rewards or anything. It's just for fun. But... It's friendly trivia. I wanted to point out, it, trivia is never friendly with us. Um, I just <laughs> wanted to point out, point, point out that this is the last Harry Potter movie John Williams scores. And... But it does not feel like it at all, in my opinion. No. Because I don't know who decided to do this, but they've got they got rid of all of the themes John Williams used in the first two movies. Because, um, you know, John Williams, like, established themes to play whenever there's something, like, covering family or just, like, certain characters yeah. and stuff. All of those were ditched in this movie. Actually, the only piece of movie that's carried over is Hedwig's theme. I would, yeah, I feel like I would have been very disappointed if they would have gotten rid of that. Because you can't just, at this point, it's such an iconic theme. Yeah. But now it just, it kind of, from henceforth, it kind of just feels like a TV show intro more than anything. Like, it <laughs> it, it doesn't really do anything. Because Hedwig's never there when it's playing. Now it's just random. I would just like to say that I don't think dogs are supposed to have brandy. Um, I don't think I so think either. I think that... I think that Marge thinks she's, like, a fantastic pet owner. I'm like, you are literally feeding your dog alcohol. <laughs> I'm not gonna pretend, like, my dad and I didn't give our dog beer, like, once. Oh, but it wasn't a lot. my gosh. <laughs> it wasn't, like, a hard liquor like Brandy either. It literally happened one time. Um, also, she, like... I think she regularly gives her dog Brandy. Um, I... I love how the night bus is done in this movie, besides the weird and offensive dolls. Um, if those would just go Why away, are they I in this movie? That. Who decided that? Who decided that? Did you see the Did you see the interview with Daniel, Rupert, and Emma, but, like, with one of those dolls as, like, the interview? No. It is the most awkward thing you've never I've been, ever seen. You've never been to Harry Potter World, right? Yes, I have. Oh, you, yeah, they have the meet and greet there. You know what? I remember because I was supposed to be able to meet the Phelps twins, but something happened and we had to go another day. And so my mom didn't tell me that for like two years because she knew I would be really upset if I knew that I had missed them. And I just found out like a year ago. I was really upset. <laughs> and um, <laughs> feel free to correct me. I, I'm not really the person who would know this kind of thing, but I have heard that shrunken heads literally have nothing to do with Jamaican culture. I would not be surprised if they didn't. And it was a choice because the act, the actor does not, is not Jamaican. Oh god. Yeah. 
That's just... Although he is he is the husband to the fat lady in this movie, so that's no kind of cool. Yeah. That's so cool. I wish they hadn't added those things, because other than that, I love how the night bus is done in this movie. Yeah. I do, too. I think it's cool. I also think um, that Stan... I feel like the... Oh, go ahead. Oh. I was going to say that his... The actor's looks pretty spot on, at least. Yeah. Stan. I, Stan was cast perfectly like he is who i saw and like if i could create people in my head like some people can that is who it would be like that was the oh my god him and peter pettigrew that was just fantastic casting on their part um um yeah i don't know this is kind of it just came to me i didn't have a note about this but it seemed did Sirius feel a little small to you (laughs) like the dog I pictured him being a lot bigger. I mean, he did at first, but then in the scene where he's dragging Ron, he did look to be larger than a normal dog. So it kind of just depends mm. on the scene. Because yeah. I noticed that as well. I also think it would cause a bit of confusion with the werewolf and the and Omega yeah, dog Yeah, because thing. he's described as being larger than a normal dog. And you see that at the end when he's dragging Ron, but not so much like in this scene. I mean, but they didn't really have to deal with that because they made whatever that is. We'll get there. Um, I would want to travel on the night bus so badly. Like, it looks like such a horrible time that would make <laughs> it, like, so much fun. Yeah. Also, the way they show the Daily Prophet makes it look so hard to read. Like, the text is, like, upside down and sideways in, like, every edition. I'm like, how do you people read this? But also a question about the night bus. Um, so, Harry, they, they managed to get Harry across London and about, like, maybe two minutes why is anyone else on the bus why is or isn't why is anyone else on the bus shouldn't they already have been at their destinations like right away why could anyone get time to sleep on the bus um i feel like in the books the the journey was written to be a little bit longer than that obviously they couldn't draw it out for like 15 minutes i believe they also said that it was like a pit stop in somebody else's journey in the book don't yeah i don't remember i'm not sure oh yes yes yeah she got off first um and i'm sure like if they're taking someone all the way across europe it's probably gonna take like an hour rather than two days you know so it's like I'm sure that there are semi-long journeys because I don't, it's not like operating where you're just instantaneously there. I think Harry's journey, I'm going to say it's probably about like 10 minutes it probably took when it would have taken hours otherwise, I'm sure. Yeah. So, not that I know anything about London, so (laughs) please don't take my word for that. But, um, yeah. It's so funny because Harry looks absolutely done with Ernie and Stan by the end of the night bus ride. (laughs) He looks so ready to just be done with everything. And then, Um, oh my gosh, what happened to Tom? I know. (laughs) He was weird in this movie. Okay, so like, the whole like hunchback Igor thing is kind of ableist. I feel like many people know that at this point. It's such a strange addition. Why? Why did it have no. to be done? Why? Liter- why? Literally. Um, also, did you notice that when the night bus was turning away to leave Harry at the Leaky Cauldron, it turned invisible when it turned the corner? No, I did not. 
It did. It disappeared. Like, it became invisible, and then it turned the corner. Like, as it was turning the corner, it became completely invisible before it would have been out of sight. So I think that that was kind of, you know, insinuating that that's why muggles don't see it. And maybe it's just, like, they think that they're just too dumb to see it, but it's literally invisible. Okay. Yeah. I think that when it's in motion, it turns invisible, but when it pulls up, it's obviously, like, visible. To the wizard who's like you know gonna get on so yeah that's that's my guess um Cornelius Fudge is good the actor I mean I'm sure he's an accomplished yeah. actor I don't really have a say in this but he was in the last movie too I don't know why I'm talking about it now yeah. but I thought he was a good Cornelius Fudge I agree I think so too um, I wish in the movie they would have set up the Crookshanks scabbers thing because they introduce the conflict after Hermione already has Crookshanks, which makes it really confusing later. Not that they explain what happens at the end hardly at all, but like we'll get to that. <laughs> this makes it so confusing yeah, because one like, of my how... biggest critiques with this movie is that Ron and Hermione do nothing except flirt in this movie. That's literally all they do. And bicker. They bicker but and they flirt. don't even include their whole argument. So it's like minor bickers and then just flirting. And that's all they do. They have nothing to do with this movie. Yeah. I mean, Hermione has her girl boss moment oh, where she like yeah. is basically like riding the whopping willow. Oh god. I <laughs> shut up because I literally put in there gatekeep <laughs> gaslight like, girl boss when that happened. That is so funny. Oh, oh that's hilarious. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Ron and Hermione's whole conflict is not set up in this movie. Um, oh, my gosh. Thank gosh. I... Thank gosh. Thank God. Hermione. Thank God. Thank Hermione. That I we've already have now have a name for this episode of Gatekeep Gaslight Girl Boss. <laughs> We're gonna start having to the like in the name of the Father, the Son, and Hermione Granger. I kind of <laughs> wish this was the fourth one, so we could say "Gatekeep Gaslight Gillyweed." <laughs> <laughs> what can we, we do? Could. Oh, just... and in the last one, there was Gilderoy too. We don't have anything in this one. Oh my gosh! We have to come up with something right now. Good. I'm trying to think. Grindelow! We have Grindelow! <laughs> Gatekeep Gaslight Grindelow. Okay. We've we've done this. That's so funny. Imagine if Ron Perfect. had forgotten Scabbers at the Leaky Cauldron. Like, if Molly hadn't given him to him. Like, none of the book would have happened. Like, because he literally almost forgot Scabbers. Like, imagine. Yeah. Like, he would have just left him there. That would have been so funny. I'm sure that Peter was, like, sitting there, like, please, for the love of God, do not remember to come and get me. Like... See, I, this is, I realize that this is about the last movie. I'm making a note right now because I just thought of it. But I would have loved in the last movie when, like, they're not on the train for Molly Weasley to have a home alone moment. Like, for her to be like, oh gosh, I'm missing one of the kids, you know? Like, two of the kids. Why are there never enough compartments on the train? <laughs> I don't know. Every single year, I mean, they're like, oh my god, there's no more space. Like, how? And, like, there's not that many kids at Hogwarts, like, in actuality, because there's only, like, five people in Harry's year. There's <laughs> like, five people per sex, 
per year. So that's 10 people per year. That's 70 people. Well, we can assume, we know that Harry's year is shorter because... True, but let's just say, so there's 10 people per year per house. So that's 70 people in one house. I don't know what 70 times 4 is, but I'm going to do that right now. 280. So that's 280 people in total at Hogwarts. Give or take. But that's not... Did you do times 7 or something? Hold on. Yeah, because... Because there's 7 years. I know that. So it's 10 people... (laughs) 10 people, 5 girls, 5 boys... Per year, times seven is 70, um, and that's in one house. And so 70 times mm, four, yeah. that's 280, give or take. There's less than 300 people. There were more people than that in, like, one grade at my middle school. Like, they made it look like there were thousands of people at Hogwarts, and they were literally Well, I do believe at some point in one of the Quidditch games, they do say a random number. Like that, I it's I know there's a quote I'm picturing it right now about saying how many. Like saying like three fourths of the school were wearing red, and then like certain number of Slytherins were wearing green. Oh. So by that you would just multiply it. So, actually, I believe let's look up what J.K. Rowling has said. She's horrible with numbers. So. Yeah. But I want to find. I want to know why was. I'm sorry. I was typing this into Google. Why did J.K. Rowling Among Us come up? <sighs> so, there are apparently, to, according to J.K. Rowling, there are a thousand students at Hogwarts. Where? <laughs> apparently, there are 143 students per year. What? <laughs> then why are there five boys in the, in the Gryffindor... <sighs> Well, no, because their parents are all dead. Remember? Everyone died because of Voldemort. Oh. So that was why their class size was so small. Wait, and so there's randomly, like, 800 more dormitories for all of those? That's, like, 143 per year? And then you divide that by two. That's, like, that's... I think she's lying. I think she's lying. I think she's okay, full of so shit because she just didn't set it up right. There are 143 kids per year. Whatever that divided then, by two is, I don't know. Yeah, so 71.5. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just say 70 to make it easy. 70 kids. Yes, 70 kids in one dormitory. For each year. That's impossible. They would have to, like, if they're doing it by fives, what the hell is 70 divided by five? Um, (laughs) I don't know. Anyways, 14, that's like 14 dormitories for one year. For, like, one side, right? Like, 14 dormitories for boys. Oh, wait, okay. Wait, hold on. This is BS. She totally. We aren't counting, we aren't counting the movie canon right now. Because there's another Gryffindor in their year. Random ominous kid. You oh, know. yeah. Yeah. I love him. I love him so much. What's his name? Bem? Yeah. I love him. I mean, he's literally just filling their diversity quota. Yeah. Because they just wanted a black kid to say some lines. So, yeah. They do but it's so... I don't even think they realized that they were just giving him ominous lines. Because it was so funny. I know. He, what, what was this one line? Um... It's like, it's like trying it, to also catch to smoke. prove that this is their diversity quota, is that he literally changes houses every movie. 
I cannot believe I don't notice these things. <laughs> and But also, why wasn't he in the candy scene? If he's part of Gryffindor. I have no freaking idea. I literally could not tell you. I, I don't know what they're doing. I love that scene, though. I love the candy scene. But I the candy scene is one of those things that I... That are the good additions to the movies. I think that's what the addition to the movies should be. Yeah. <laughs> I love the addition, like, um... It's, like, it wasn't in the books, obviously. It's, like, just a little scene. And, like, people, like, the when the fat lady is singing and she won't let them in and then she's, like, trying to break the glass. Like, that scene is very, very well known. But no one really listens, like, at least people that I know, don't listen to the dialogue after where the boys are all talking. They're like, oh, my God, she literally can't even sing. And they're like, exactly, she's so bad. And, like, it's just a little bit of dialogue as they're walking into the dormitory. And it is so funny. And most people that I watch it with haven't really noticed it. And then they... There's a random ghost that walks through them. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like they're all talking. They're like, oh my god, like, she's so annoying. She can't even sing. They're like, exactly. And, like, people don't listen to That's that. That's also very jarring, though. The, the the fat lady. Oh, yeah. She changed, too. And I was like... Like, completely. She changes, like, every movie. Like, the portrait hole, like, changes every movie. <laughs> the portrait changes. Well, like, in the first movie, like, she looked so, like, elegant and just, like, reserved. And then she, like, does a complete 180 in this one. (laughs) I know. She's funny, though. I mean, I like it. It would have been nice if it was there the whole time, though. I wish they would have included her friend Violet that would get drunk with her at parties. Because that was the best part of the the books. Um, (laughs) I'm a first time watching harry potter connoisseur on youtube i really love watching those videos and i think it is so funny because they never like fully say that the fat lady is her name so it is so funny to see people watch it and they're like they are so mean to her because they don't know that that's actually the painting's name that's so funny I remember, um, <laughs> I don't know what it is with the Gaslight Gatekeep girl boss today, but I was going to say, I was like, <laughs> the fat lady's friend Violet is most definitely, like, Gaslight, because every time that Harry would wake them up at midnight to, like, give them the password and he would say something, Violet's like, um, are you being mean to her? Are you being mean to her? <laughs> and the fat, oh no, because he said, what did he say? He said some nonsense word that, like, means stupid, and Violet was like, what did you just say? And she was like, no, it's a password. And she, like, let him in. It was so funny. I, they're lesbians. I've decided. Portrait lesbians. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) I think it would have been really funny if Lupin had been, like, eavesdropping on the the train the whole time. He's just, like, laying there, like, oh my god, I cannot stand 13-year-olds. I like the design of the Dementors. I think... They look pretty... Ac- I, we've gone over this a lot that you don't picture these things, but I, I literally can't. think it looks really accurate to I how agree. I at least imagined yeah. it. It's weird because I can't create pictures in my head, but it's like, if I read the description and I see something and it matches, it's like I know. You know? It's like, yeah. this, the thing with Dan Shunpike, like, I wasn't able to create that in my head, but the second I saw him, I knew that that was literally the description, like, in the flesh. Um, so I also, I really like the Dementors, too. Like, the way that they're, they are in this movie. Yeah. I was going to say something, but I forgot. Um, oh, uh, I think that they show the inside, I think they show the inside of the Dementors' cloaks too much, though. I agree, because they Like, they show their faces too much. Like, show their faces 
Like, no one sees their faces unless they're literally about to die. I mean, not, like, die. Yeah, but, like, and Harry, that, does that make Harry also the only person to have survived seeing the Dementor's face? Oh, my God. Probably. Probably. He's just the only one that has <laughs> he survived. He just can't anything. die. <laughs> <laughs> He's immortal. Even when he did get killed, he woke well, up again. Well, you know, there is that theory that he is immortal. That would be really funny. Have you heard that? I love telling you all these theories that exist because... Because I don't read them. The, the prophecy says that one can only live while other survives. Neither so can people live assume, while the other survives. Neither can live while the other survives. So people assume that because Voldemort is dead, Harry therefore cannot die by anything else. Um... I don't know. The person obsessed with, like, you know, like, reading and words and all of that kind of disagrees because that's not what the wording means. <laughs> I could make an entire bonus episode I of think this podcast if talking J.K. About Rowling said it, I would have believed it. <laughs> if, J- if that was part of the series, I would have been like, yeah, sure. Yeah, but she would have found another way to set it up where the wording meant that as well because neither can live while the other survives. So if the other does not survive... He can live, which doesn't mean that he can't die. It just means that he can live because the other is dead. I could literally talk about this forever, but I won't. So that the wording of that is always so confusing to me because technically, I mean, they go over that prophecies actually mean like nothing. Like the, Jack, like literally they could, absolutely nothing. Yeah. Unless you make it true. Yeah. But like literally... Voldemort and Harry are alive at the same time, so the prophecy's already wrong. Well, it kind of just meant, like, eventually. It could have happened when Harry was 80 years old, and that still would be fulfilling the prophecy. Um, it basically, it's like, neither can live while the other survives. This hurts my head so bad. I feel like they should have got a prize or something. I feel like the Oracle should have came out of nowhere and been like, yay, you did it! The options were kind of either, like, they both die, or one dies, because it's like, if the other one is surviving, neither of them can live. And it's not like, like, literally, like, neither of them can be alive if the other one is alive. It's kind of saying, like, in the end, one of them has to die so that the other one can exist in peace, you know? Which technically yeah. meant Harry. Because if Voldemort was alive for the rest of his life, he would never be able to settle down and live, you know? So neither of them no. could live if the other one was alive because they would be fighting each other forever if one of them didn't die. So that's what that meant. That's how I interpreted it. How did Lupin not wake up immediately when it got absolutely freezing? Like, any slight temperature change and I am wide awake. Like, if my room suddenly started co- getting covered in, like, I, snow... Oh my gosh, I just remembered this. Like, I think the scene is so funny because it looks so unnatural for Ron to have his hand on the window. It, like yeah, that. He's just like... It's so funny. Like, why is he... He keeps it on there for so long for no reason. Yeah, but I just, like, the temperature change would have woken me up immediately. Because it's, like, if my, if I had a glass of water and it froze, like, if my room started getting covered in snow because, of, like, for no reason, I would wake up. Like, <laughs> oh my god, I'm also just remembering that one Crookshanks shot. That's my voice. Doesn't that? <laughs> Did you hear that? <laughs> Whatever it was, I'm keeping it in. It just in. got really weird. It was, like... Go on. <laughs> um, there's that one Crookshank shot when the Dementor comes in and it's hissing. Yeah. It looks like a puppet or something. What is that? I don't know. My Crookshanks is... Because that sure is not a real cat. Um, 
Oh. <laughs> I was like, of course they had to let Harry almost get his soul sucked out before Lupin woke up. Like, for the effect. Because, like, it's like, oh my god, he almost died. Of, of course. course. Movie magic. And also, <laughs> I think this is not meant to be funny, but it is so funny to me. Like, because they do, like, Lily, they pair Lily's scream the with train the whistle. train whistle. And it sounds so yeah, funny. Yeah, because the train's whistling <laughs> and she's like, ah! And it's just like... <laughs> She's just, like, an opera singer all of a sudden. Like, like, she's not even it's screaming. It's the most unnatural scream, because you kind of hear her say Harry, but, like, it's like you can almost make a word oh, out. Oh, yeah. She's like, Harry! I know, but it's like, <laughs> she's completely, like, almost completely unpitched with, like, the train whistle, and it's, like, a really unnaturally high note, and I'm like, why are you, like, singing this? Like, what? And they do the, cl- the classic... <laughs> they do the classic that's so raven on harry's eye every time like <laughs> oh my god that's so funny i oh my gosh can somebody please make an edit of that of them zooming in on harry's eye and then just the <laughs> intro <laughs> to that's so raven i never liked that show when i was a kid i was really pretentious when i was a kid um, it was never on when I was a kid. Yeah. So. A lot of people I knew watched it, but I was too pretentious. And what did I watch instead? I, I love Raven Simone. Yeah, I hardly know anything about her. Um, I don't, I just liked her in Twitches. Wait, is that when she was in Twitches? She was not oh, in Twitches. Oh, I never watched that either. Was Raven Simone in Twitches? No, that's another, that's like, oh god, I don't want to get their names They wrong. look similar though, don't they? Yeah, that's Tia and her sister, it's either Tamara or Tamara. She was in Cheetah Girls, though. Twitches is Tia, and it's either Tamara or Tamara. Um, I didn't even know they were two different people. I thought they edited no, them they together. I think I did see that, but I think I thought it was weird. I swear, I was the most pretentious kid ever when it came to TV shows. I literally watched The Pink Panther, like, it was, like, 1995, so... Um, I like that movie, I watched though. the episodes... When I was a kid. You're so weird. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I watched the episodes. I also would watch, like, shows like Good Times and All in the Family, like the Jeffersons, like older Yeah, no, I sitcoms. watched every single Disney Channel show that ever I've, existed. When did Good Times come out? Because I feel like that's, like, 80s. And I would watch... I loved that show so much. It's a sitcom, but it's, like, This old. is why you need to watch WandaVision. Um... Uh, this is like okay. Good times went on from 1974 to 1979. I used to watch that show religiously when I was. Were a kid. you a Full House kid? No, actually, I thought that it was weird. Um, <laughs> I would watch Good Times, which is I, the 70s. I, I would you, watch. I'm pretty sure Jefferson's. we went over literally last episode that you've never watched SpongeBob, but I could just imagine tiny you watching SpongeBob and being disgusted. Like I've seen a few episodes because sometimes when I would go to my cousin's house, my mom would let me watch SpongeBob because they were allowed to watch anything, but I, I wasn't super into it. My mom wouldn't let me watch Caillou because I used to watch it and then I acted like him. <laughs> My cousin used to I watch Caillou. I literally have a memory was... of in being in the middle of Target and getting on the floor and pounding my th- hands against the floor because that's how Caillou did it. And he got <laughs> his way. That's so funny. My cousin that used to watch that show. should not be for children. <laughs> that's hilarious. I My cousin used to watch that show. And, uh, yeah... I don't think all the Caillou stuff on TikTok is so funny. I know. I love the one. So many rants. These are why they are becoming (laughs) two-hour episodes. 
I love that one episode of Caillou where it's like he steals <laughs> where he steals something from his sister and she's crying and the mom comes in. She's like, "Why are you crying?" She's like, "Caillou stole that." And she's like, "Wow, that sucks." And then she leaves. And it's like what? Me and my grandma used to watch Curious George in the morning every day before middle school. Like I have a copy of those books but like in Spanish and my dad used to read them to me. I loved the TV show. <laughs> my dad used to make me watch TV in Spanish, so I had to watch that show Lazy Town in Spanish. I loved that show. Oh my god. I never um, watched that. Why did I it just like sh- randomly pop out of existence for me? I I watched this show. I watched Scooby Doo in Spanish, and I watched this show called Los Pies de Freni. And this girl, like her dad, is a cobbler, and he would give her a <laughs> pair of shoes to fix, and he'd say, "Hey, go put these in the back." And she'd go, "Okay," and she would walk back there, and she would put them on, and she would get transported back in time. And I used I to love loved that show. Blues Clues. Did you watch Blues Clues? Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is the best show ever. Oh my god, That's, I used to love that show. Um, yeah, but I used to have to watch stuff in Spanish, um, and then I would watch, like, Telemundo, like, those talk shows where those women just, like, gossip about everyone and their mother, and, like, <laughs> they would just literally I gossip. I see where and it say, all came from. They would say the most horrible things about celebrities, and I would literally watch it, and I would just, like, I could, soak it all in. You'd probably just be, like, watching Daily Mail in, <laughs> in, in like, Spanish, kindergarten. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Anyways, we need to Emma- get back onto this movie, Harry Potter. Anyways, Emma Thompson also spot on casting. I love her. Yes, I she's thought she was amazing. Great. She was so. It's like because when you see her, like just how she is normally, and then in this movie, like they did so well. Like they did so good. The costuming and everything is just incredible. So it's so one of the most accurate depictions of the characters i'd say yeah i would say that she's up there with you know peter pettigrew wish we would have got to see more um and like in deathly hollows when she's throwing the crystal balls at the window that's so funny i mean it's kind of it might be a good thing that emma thompson and helena bonham carter were never in the same movie together but oh you're right i forgot about that um well, same with her and Kenneth. I mean, it would have been kind of awkward. Yeah. If, I mean, but when did... Uh, good thing he's only in one movie. He would have been in Order of the Phoenix, but they completely cut that out. But Gilderoy Lockhart ever interact with Trelawney? <laughs> that would be such a funny scene. I mean, they t- in the canon, they would technically have interacted. But they literally would have just asked interact. her if he would have been voted... If she knew that he had been would have been voted, like, which weekly's most charming smile award again... I wonder if they'd get along, actually. I. They're both frauds. I don't know, because it's like, she's kind of insane, but I feel like she also is, t- like, annoyed with people who think too much of themselves, like Hermione, and so she probably True. wouldn't like him that much. I really don't like the change they made where Harry doesn't volunteer for yeah. the week. Like, they do the thing where everybody steps back, and it's funny, but it's like, that's, like, a good moment for Harry. Like, he's doing a nice thing, and you're kind of taking yeah, it away from him. Yeah, and it's, like, in know? the book, him, Ron, and Hermione kind of looked at each other, and they're like, we have to do this for Hagrid. And they all stepped up. Like, I think yeah. it's true that everyone else stepped back, but they stepped up on purpose. And, like, in the books. And I feel like, at the same time, why don't people appreciate hippogriffs more? Because they look so interesting. Like, if those were real... yeah. They look so cool. 
cool. Like, why wouldn't you want to, like... I guess they're kind of worried that it's going to start breathing fire or something. But, like, they look so interesting to, like, be that close to one. Like... I can say all I want about Ron and Hermione just flirting in this movie. But I love when, like... What is it? Is it Hermione grabs Ron's hands? I love that I love that, that too. And they just look at each other like, don't you dare say anything. <laughs> I love, I I mean, it is too early. I, this Like, they have no signs of romance in this story yet. Yeah. But. But still. I think it's. Um, it's also, I can't believe that no, more people didn't make one of Malfoy for, like, running to his daddy for everything. <laughs> yeah. Like, how did more people not talk badly about him for that? Because that's embarrassing. Like, that is embarrassing for him, and everyone's, like, afraid of him for it. I'm like, <laughs> aren't you embarrassed? Like, uh, also, um, him calling Buckbeak a chicken is the funniest <laughs> thing he said in the entire series. <laughs> I didn't catch that until, like, a few, like, last year when I watched it again, and it was so funny. It's like, that's probably the funniest thing he said in the entire series. Why does that girl change the snake into that clown thing. I know! I hate snakes, and even I can admit, that is way more terrifying than that snake. <laughs> also, I think a spider with roller skates is still really freaking oh terrifying. My yeah, because it would just, like, it wouldn't, like, purposely do it, but it would just scoot towards you, like, <laughs> unintentionally, because it doesn't know how to move. Sorry, that was my notification to send someone a picture of a celebrity with no eyebrows. So, <laughs> just... <laughs> I, I, we're not going to give listeners any context to that. Nope. I've already mentioned this, and basically everyone and their mother is upset about this, but then removing Ron standing up to Harry for Hermione and replacing it with him agreeing with Snape is so I know! Annoying. That's so, oh my god, that's so annoying. And it's like, it even, it's like, it even, it's whatever if you leave it out completely, but to do the exact literally. opposite and is it's like, just, it's, even in the books they say, even though Ron had literally called Hermione a know-it-all that morning, he still stood up to Snape for her because he was being a jerk. And it's like, <sighs> I hate that. Um, they hate Ron in this movie. I know, but Ron is also, like, hilarious in some movie because he literally insulted a shrunken head. Like, he is not afraid to insult anyone. He <laughs> literally insulted a shrunken head. Like, I thought that was really funny. Um, I'll say it again, yeah. even though I said it when we talked about this in the book. Um, I think it's so weird that the adults told Rose Murda about Sirius being Harry's godfather and not Harry. I think that that is weird <laughs> yeah. and messed up. Like, why? Like, how how are you protecting him by not telling him that? Like, I'm sure you weren't paying attention to this like I was. Um, but we did. There was a whole Quidditch match, and I just <laughs> would like to say that it looks a lot better. And that's all yeah, I have to say Quidditch about is it. Yeah, interesting in in these. Um, also. Yeah, but I do have a thing about that scene you're talking about. Oh like, yeah, yeah. I just. I'm angry about I it. I just... Maggie Smith kills that scene, though. I love her. She, I don't know what it is about in that scene, but she just, like... I think it was just... She was probably just excited to act with other adults in this movie. <laughs> but, like, she just... I love that scene I love so her. Much. She's so good in everything. 
I, and I, but I do feel like the woman who plays Rose Marta did her well with, yeah. when she's like all angry and she's complaining to the minister about the, the dementors, dementors and the yeah. yeah. Also, how did why did it seem like a people like most people didn't know that Peter Pettigrew was dead? Like that seems like shocking information, but like how was that not publicized? That was in the book too. Yeah, it's like did, I was. That was so. Did no one confusing. question when he he has awards because of it. Like did he like just he has no Order one, of Merlin because of it? Yeah, like did no one question it when he like disappeared off the face of the earth? Where they were all like, "Oh, weird, he's dead." No way! Like, yeah, it's so strange. Yeah, and, and I don't really know how people don't know that story by now. Like, I the know. Wizarding World is such gossipers. I know it's full of gossipers that like literally do absolutely nothing but talk about everyone around them. And apparently. The people who do know are just gonna blab about it to random pub people so how has it been kept a secret this long i also think i this is super tiny and nitpicky and you might disagree because i even felt like i was being nitpicky but like when lupin is helping harry with his patronus i thought it was really unrealistic that harry was like okay we'll do one more and then we'll call it off because we both know that even in the books he would have gone all night until he could do it like Harry yeah. would never have called that off, especially if it was something like that. Like, it was Lupin that had to say, dude, sit down, you just passed out eight times. Like, I feel like the change, like, with Lupin and Harry, like, I, I think they do, like, their chem- chemistry is very good. Like, and I like those scenes together, but it just comes off a little creepier when they're just kind of meeting everywhere in the yeah they it, when they're not just in his office like why are they just going for strolls in the garden in the forest? like doesn't that seem like kind like, of groomy like kind yeah. of creepy i just yeah they kind of change a lot of random things for absolutely no reason and it's like because they're trying to input conversations they had in the books into random moments in the movies and it's like why yeah you know because they had that conversation about lily and james during the Patronus session, but they didn't want to let that scene drag on, so they had them go on a stroll in the forest just to have that conversation. Um, here's where in my notes I just started to put down quotes from the movie for no reason. So, it, he was his friend! You tell those spiders, Ron. And then I, I have an entire scene. scene here. I have the entire scene spiders, written down. Ron. Look who's here! Ah, come to see the show! You, you foul, loathsome, evil the little cockroach! Hermione, no, no he's not worth, not worth it. it. <laughs> I love the. It's so random and unnecessary, but Ron having that weird nightmare is the fun addition to the movies ever. <laughs> that in Malfoy Even calling Buckbeak a chicken. That whole scene is so weird. Of Harry, like going to seeing peter on the map and then like going i mean it's something he would do like we know that yeah but it it wasn't in the book okay true i agree i agree but the thing that i think that they they really gave it away in the movies because harry like you can hear like like the music is building and it's almost like you can hear his heartbeat like the music i don't know if it's the music or if they actually put that in there i doubt that they did but the music makes it seem like you can hear his heart like thudding in his chest but you can also hear really you can hear little feet, like, like, rats' feet, like, running. So it's like, they really, if someone is really paying attention, like... I do agree with that, but also, again, as a first-time watching Harry Potter connoisseur, I've never seen a single person ever catch that. True, but still, like, if you were, like, analyzing it for the first time, like, you can hear 
feet, like, of a mouse or a rat. Like, people probably wouldn't guess what animal it was, but you can literally hear it. Um, also, why did not a single person on the committee research, like, who was supposed to decide if Buckbeak was going to be executed or not, why did none of them actually research hippogriffs and realize that they don't attack you unless you deserve it? Does no one do research in this universe? I mean... <laughs> I mean, I know they're literal animals, but could you imagine being, like, oh, yeah, I murdered this man, and then they're like, okay, why? And, he, and you're like, he didn't shake my hand when I met him. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> that would be so funny, but still. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, random yeah. note is that their hair looks so good in this movie. It really does. They're, I, I don't know, no shade to the hairstylists of these movies, but most of the time it looks god-awful. <laughs> like... <laughs> Harry's Maybe it's just a sign good. of the times, but it looks, looks good. I oh. think Hermione. I think they made the mistake of making Hermione's hair more curly than it was frizzy. Yeah, Hermione looks too glam. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> too <glam>. later. <laughs> maybe it's just because Emma Watson is literally gorgeous. But the transition to her in Goblet of Fire when she comes down is just so underwhelming because it's like she's literally been beautiful this whole time how are you all pretending like i know they're all like oh my god and like she literally always looked like that literally she literally she literally just put her hair in a bun and put on a nice dress it's so like it barely even looks like she's wearing makeup i'm sure that she was wearing it in other takes because you have to on screen but like she literally always looked fantastic and it was like and because it's all because they didn't get the hair right if they would yeah. have gotten the hair right, the transition would have been like, whoa, you know? Um, yeah, so I, they just did the hair wrong for her. Um, I, I've written here, I already said this eight times, but, like, Peter Pettigrew, great casting. Um, anyways, I love the moment yeah. in the movies with Sirius and Harry. I know I'm probably ahead of you, but... Um, You're so ahead of me. <laughs> still, I'll come back to that later, but just something... Yeah for you guys to be looking forward to, I guess. I love that there is a quiet ticking sound throughout the whole scene between Buckbeak's execution and the Shrieking Shack. Yeah, that's really I think that's really good. Because it just, like, it's barely noticeable. It's not, like, annoying. It, it's, like, barely noticeable. It's just in the background. And, like, the constant, like, sounds of the bells ringing. Um... But it makes it feel more familiar when they time travel back. Yeah. And obviously it connects to the time thing with it ticking and everything. Um, movie, movie Hermione is the definition of gatekeep, gaslight, girl boss. It's so funny. And it's so true, too. Okay. And now I have a summarization of the Whomping Willow scene. Goddess Hermione battles a tree and manages to disobey the laws of physics and manages to grab Harry and hold his whole body weight while she's swinging at full speed and then throw both of them with stunning accuracy into a tiny hole. See that scene where she holds up his entire body weight and I'm like, that is literally impossible. And I love, I, it's meant to be comical, but when she like, grabs his chest and then harry has the time to look down and then look back up and then why was that scene there i mean i know you have to amp up the action it's a movie but but like 
come, come on. on. I think it is funny that it was like the way she like falls completely on top of him and he was just starting to get back up and then she knocks him completely over. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh. He still has his glasses though, even though he was swung around That's on a tree. That's miraculous. Um, you know what? Whoever may, whoever is Harry's optometrist. Optometrist. Yeah, they're killing it. <laughs> I want to buy their glasses. Oh, I even have a note about being a first time watching Harry Potter connoisseur. Um, but sometimes many people. something many people say about this movie is that it's confusing and hard to follow. And I completely understand. Like, they take the whole four-chapter sequence of The Shrieking Shack and make it, like, less than five minutes. Yeah. Like, I would have trouble following it, too. Like, everybody is... They always have the same reaction. They're like, oh, Sirius is a good guy now? Because you don't give it enough time. Yeah. Like, Sirius is a bad guy for, like a whole like the entire movie yeah. and then you give like less than 30 seconds to explain and we don't that he yeah wasn't. and we don't get the full progression of harry not believing him to when harry is finally convinced and he's like relaxed you know because the whole time and the and you know the huge thing they cut out of revealing that they are the marauders yeah um, Never happens. And it's like, Harry, in the books, it's like, you have this whole progression of emotions with Harry. He's angry. He's confused. He's hurt. He's upset. Like, there's a whole progression of emotions until finally there's, like, acceptance and he relaxes because he realizes that Sirius is now to kill him. But, like, in the movies, it's, like, it's almost like, at first he's like, um, are you sure? And Harry's like, yeah, I'm a good guy. And he's like, okay. And then they're fine. And so it's like, it happened quickly in the books, too, but they were there for hours in the books. They were in the Shrieking Shack yeah. for hours. Like, that took hours to explain. And in the movies, it was like, they were there for, like, two I almost, I almost feel like it was kind of on, for the reason to not have, in the time travel sequence, Harry and Hermione just stare at the tree for, like, an hour. Yeah. Because it's, oh, like... It, they literally get there, and then immediately they walk out. Like, it's kind of funny. Like, weird. We're I, I want to be clear, though, that this is, like, one of the better oh, movies. Yeah. We're talking so much trash about it, but... No, it's really good, and it's, like, um... Yeah, I even... Some of my favorite movies are ones that, like, are not accurate at all. I don't know why, but... Yeah. This one, no, this is one of the better movies. Like, it's it's good, but there were they made some little mistakes that definitely affected the entire movie. So yeah, I do. After they've gotten out of the the shrieking shack, I do love the moments between Sirius and Harry because they're trying kind of already trying to navigate like their relationship because it's like at this point in Harry's life, if everything would have been ideal, like you know they would have had a strong relationship. Sirius is Harry's godfather. Like they would have been close. They would have had, like, you know, all of that. But now it's like, you know, okay, I'm on your side. You're my godfather. What do we do now? Um, so I think that they, the way that they show that is really cool. Like, I thought that that was done very well. Like, I thought that the kind of, like, initial awkwardness of their relationship was there. And it was great. Yeah. Because they also really showed that they both really wanted to have a family member, you know, Harry wanted one because he didn't have one. Sirius wanted one because he never really had, like, an ideal family. And so it's, like, you can see that they they really want their relationship to work out. You know, they want to have a strong bond. But it's also really, like, 
I've never met you in my life kind of thing, you know? He was never present yeah. in Harry's life, not on purpose, but I thought that that was done really well um, in the movies. I really like that. Also, watching Lupin's pupils dilate is so insane, but it's such a cool shot. Like, as he's transforming, because it's like his face tilts up to the moon, and you zoom in on his face yeah. as you zoom in on his face as his pupils are dilating, and then you come back out. Another that's a raven moment. I know, but it's so good. <laughs> I mean, the transformation looks incredibly painful, but I think it was done really well. Um, um this is also kind of nitpicky, but like, Lupin only transforms when he looks at the moon. I thought that that was weird too. I think that they just had to like, add the drama. Shouldn't he have immediately? started transforming yes. like do you need to see it otherwise like go into a room <laughs> like <laughs> no because in the books they do say that at the that moment a cloud shifted and he started transforming and so it was like the moon wasn't out at first and once it was that's when he transformed but in the movie i think they yeah. just needed to amp up the action it's like he looked at it and he was like oh my god and then he started transforming but what is that thing that that ain't a wolf that <laughs> is not a wolf I think that it's weird. I think the transformation was done well. I think the end product was a little weird, but I know that it's supposed to I have... I think they've done... I think also a part of it was just that they had to scrap something because I know that initially that was going to be, like, a person that they animated. Like, I think it was supposed to be a puppet, the werewolf. Oh. But they had to, like, completely ditch it and just animate it. So... I think, I I know that the wolf was gonna have human characteristics, but I think that, I, yeah. They went too far with that. It would have looked stupid Why does it, if, it doesn't resemble a wolf at yeah, all. Yeah, it would have looked stupid if it was just an oversized wolf standing. Like, that would have looked dumb, but there's, <laughs> a, there's middle ground there. There's yeah. middle ground. Um, and they randomly make Snape defend the trio. I know. When he should and be passed like, out still. There's that, but there's also the fact that he literally only helped them out to save himself and get Sirius, you know, sent to the Dementors to resolve a, you know, just the way Lupin said it in the books, a schoolboy grudge. Like, Snape, absolutely everything he did in this movie was for himself. He brought Lupin his potion to save himself. Snape would be trying to kill Lupin at that moment. It's like... You know, he brought Lupin's potion, and that seems nice at first, but he literally only did it so he wouldn't get mauled by a werewolf, you know? Yeah. Like, everything he did was for himself. He brought Harry and Hermione and Ron up to the school so that he could have proof that Sirius Black was crazy and had knocked them out. You know, it's like, everything he did was for himself, so I think to show him selflessly defending them is weird and misleading. Yeah, another thing that was probably just added to amp up the drama... But why does Sirius act like if he gives a heartfelt speech, Lupin just won't transform? Like, he's been with him for how long? And he's really like, no, remember your heart. This remember one who you in are. Here. <laughs> That's so funny. I mean, I'm sure that that was kind of just desperation in the moment. He was like, I might as well try. I'm sure that reasonably he knew it wasn't going to work. But, like, he was probably just desperate said before the plot hole of Peter losing his clothes. And also, they really do make it look like he needs the wand to transform. Yeah. I think it would be so funny if you actually did lose your clothes, and it's like, imagine him going back to Voldemort and, like, (laughs) transforming back. He's just, like, fully (laughs) naked. 
Oh my god, Voldemort would be so irritated if that happened. He would be like, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> Isn't it kind of weird? I guess this is, would not be very prideful of him. That Voldemort isn't an Animagus. Oh. I guess it would be like, kind of like, oh, I'm not gonna hide as some s- stupid animal form. Yeah. Even but though he did fully It would be helpful. Nagini. Yeah. He possessed Nagini, but. Yeah. Well, he possessed many creatures, and they, like, immediately died. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so funny. Imagine you're like, finally, I did it, and then it just completely, like, keels over and dies. Like, um, in the movie, like, Sirius's soul is, like, actually sucked out. No, literally. And then it falls back in, and we're all like, It right? almost, like, like if that's how it works, like, if it just had to fall back in, Harry could have just, like, slapped it back into his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah they only show the de- the deer there once Wait, they don't what? show when they go back in time they don't show that harry summons a deer they only show it to cover harry yeah yeah it's <laughs> and so, also I don't hermione like... isn't there w- the first time i don't like how they did patronuses in in the book i mean the movie sorry yeah. Because they, they're they never fully formed. They are always I mean, I will say, missed. in Order of the Phoenix, when all of the kids are doing them, I love that scene so much. That but... is done really well, because they are all corporeal, right? Like, yeah. you see the forms, but in this movie and other ones, it's literally just smoke, and it's like, that's not helping them at all. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the only thing that's irritating. I mean... They don't always, they aren't always that form, you know? Like, Harry said he couldn't, that was the only time he had ever summoned one. No, I know. Sorry. I just mean, like, when it, it's supposed to be, like, when um, he and Dudley are Like, attacked. on the train, when Lupin does it. Yeah. It's just, when, like, Lumos. When he, and, when he and Dudley are attacked, it's literally smoke, and it's like, why? I really, we've had this conversation before, but I really remember it being a deer in that scene. Like, I remember really? it galloping. I feel like maybe I'm remembering wrong, but there are a lot of scenes when it's supposed to be No, I think you're right, because we've already looked this up before, I'm pretty I think, sure. Yeah. I think we argued about it, and I looked yeah. it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, are, you, are you to the time travel? I'm done. I forgot to oh. pay attention for the last half of the movie. You I just said really that it's done. You don't care about this time travel. <laughs> I just said that it was done really well. That's what I had to say about the it. The movie? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, time travel. Woo. I... The the movies fix the horrible time turner thing in the book when they teleport somewhere else. They just stay in... Like, that... It it, it was so easy for them to just stay in one spot. I was only confused about that because it's like, was Dumbledore watching the hospital wing all day to make sure that they would be alone if they time traveled back a few hours? It is kind of weird that Madame Pomfrey isn't there. Or that she's in her office or something. Yeah. I guess. But they they don't show her an office anywhere in the movie, so it wouldn't make sense. She just kind of like leaves the room randomly. Yeah. Um uh, Harry's just as clueless in the movie to time travel though. And then when he tries to, like, reach for it, she, like, slaps his hand away. (laughs) I love 
Emma Watson... Talking about Emma Watson's acting, I think that was... She did a very good job in that time travel sequence. Yeah. Um... I like the additions to the time travel. How I, I don't, how do you feel about those? About like what? the stuff they added, like the rock and I think that because they weren't going to set like, you know, what was it in the books that they didn't add that they had to replace with that? Oh, it's like they found Scabbers and you could hear him squealing like they didn't add that Scabbers was there like I don't know. They there was something in the books that they didn't add and so I feel like that helped set up the like the connection between the two, you know? Yeah. So I feel like it works. I feel like it's random. I also but think like... it's more cinematic, you know? Like, it feels... Yeah. And they have it's... the whole drama of having to get Buckbeak and everything, and they really well, amp and that because up. it... Yeah, if they didn't have that, there wouldn't be as much of a connection between, like, okay, this randomly happened last time we were here, but now we're time-traveling and, like, again. And it really set up the connection of, like... Especially, like, the Patronus. Like, Harry thought it came out of nowhere, but it was him. So, like, those things connected it really well, and I think that that probably made it easier to follow for people who hadn't already read the books. Yeah. Uh, although, speaking of additions, that one does not work. Because, so, Hermione sees herself, like, fully. She hears herself, I think. No, but I, it seems... No, she, cause she says, I, I think I saw, and then she's like, never mind. So she definitely saw herself. I thought that, that she was kind of just going to cut off, like, I thought I saw someone. I don't think she connected that it was herself. I thought if she If she did. thought it was her, uh, I'm pretty sure that seemed like it to me. But. I never interpreted it that way. Okay. If she did see herself, she'd only be time traveling because she knows at some point she'd be time traveling to that spot. And that causes a paradox. So, that does not work. I didn't interpret it that way. I thought it was, it's like, almost it's like, if you were like, you know, out somewhere and you kind of just like saw something really quickly and you look and there's nothing there, it's like... No, but it's the fact that she said, I thought she saw. I thought I saw. And then... Well, she could have finished that sentence with absolutely anything. I mean, they're also like, dumb because... Who would hear somebody behind them and then not go check? I feel like if I were them, I wouldn't go and check anything because with their luck, it would literally okay, be Voldemort. Okay, but they are the golden trio. That's not their style. Okay. And also, her, also Hermione, despite being intelligent that entire time, decides to say at full volume, is that what my hair looks like from the back? So it would not be surprising if she did know it was Hermione. Like, really? Like, mm. oh my gosh. Hermione is ranting to Harry about how you can't be seen. You can't do any of this. And then she's like, oh my god. Is that really what my hair looks like? Like, <laughs> she doesn't say it like that. But, oh my god. and then in all caps, why the freeze frame? What freeze frame? How the movie ends. Oh, just, Why did know, they change fun? it? Like, Sirius gives the firebolt in the middle of the book, and they change it to the Literally. end of the movie. Why? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why they did anything. Like... <sighs> okay, I'm done. Okay, well, that's Prisoner of Azkaban no, for you guys. Trivia! What? 
I have trivia. Okay, yes. Okay, Woo! Yes, go ahead. Woo! Okay, are you ready? Okay, oh, so I'm going to guess, but there's no penalty? No penalty or anything. That works. This will still be fun, though. Um, okay. What, on Rotten Tomatoes, what is the tomato meter, which is, you know, the critic's view of this movie? What is the score? I mean, I'm gonna guess, like, because it's, like, even movies that are, like, widely respected and seen as really, really good will have, like, an 80-something. Um, I'm gonna say, like, 79. No. It's 90%. No way. I was actually gonna guess, like, 88, but I chose to guess 79 instead. No. Because I know a lot of people who have, like, unreasonable hatred for Harry Potter, so. Yeah. What is the audience score on, on, though? Is this just like a like what a number out of what or is it a percentage? no? It's a percentage too. It's what the audience oh, okay. scored it compared to the critics. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, because that's the difference. Because critics are smarter about it and they're gonna give it a reasonable score. Audience is gonna <laughs> do whatever the hell they want. Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say eighty. Eighty six. But I, I think that's eighty eight again. Really strange, actually. That the critics scored it higher than the audience. Yeah. Maybe it's just like all angry are... Harry Potter fans who are like, this isn't like the books. And I feel like critics are like actually looking at it like we're looking at it right now, and they're going to give it a reasonable score. Audience is going to be like, well, I didn't like this one part, so the whole movie sucked. Like, that's how people watch movies, and so yeah. it's different. Um, after Richard Harris's passing, who was considered for the role of Dumbledore? Like obviously multiple people were considered but it's an actor who played a similar role in a movie is it the guy that oh no I think it's the same guy that played Gandalf yeah it is <laughs> Sir okay. Ian McKellen yep that one yeah, I'm horrible yeah. at names um, the second you said similar role I was like it has to be that guy <laughs> he didn't do it because he said this is a quote I had enough trouble living up to one legend, two would be too much to hope for. Also, apparently Richard Harris called him an awful actor, so that was a contributing factor. <laughs> I mean, wow. I'd be kind of bitter too. I mean, I'd, I know he's dead, so I would also be try to be respectful, but... I would do it just because he called me an awful <laughs> actor. I'd be like, oh, I'm gonna take over your part now, asshole. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. You're evil. <laughs> I'm not talking about him specifically. Yeah. I'm saying in general. If someone is like, she sucks, and then they died, and they offered me the part. <laughs> hell yeah. Like. <laughs> Alfonso Cuaron had the idea of having the rain. Cuaron. Did I say Sorry. it? Oh my god. What? How would you say Quaron. it? Cuaron. 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 I sound like a duck. I'm sorry. Alfonso Cuaron. No, it's because you're putting, you're putting, you're putting the emphasis on the wrong syllable so just i would say like corone corone yeah. alfonso corone yeah okay because it's, it's Quaron, but that guy it's fine. had the idea of having the rain turn to ice when the dementors appear but because of uh -huh. his thick mexican accent the visual effects team thought he had said what i hope they didn't think it was mice um, <laughs> <laughs> um rain i'm trying to think of like how it would sound in his accent 
know, actually. Um, turn rain into eyes. So they even made a whole storyboard out of doing it before he corrected them. <laughs> oh, eyes. Yeah. yeah. That's really funny. Uh, that would have been a strange change. <laughs> That's hilarious. I bet they were all like, why is he doing this? And then they realized. They're like, eh, it's but, wizards. Wait, I don't understand. It's like, I get it because of, like, the accent. But at the same time, it's like, if you're working on this movie... They have to know something about it, and it's like, why would they think that, like, that seems really ridiculous for them to actually think that he would request it. Like, why would you assume that? Like, I think that's weird. I feel like sometimes people say, like, oh, it's because of their accent, I didn't understand, but they also pretend, like, it's not really simple to understand sometimes. Like, common sense. Eyes? Eyes. Like, rain, what does rain typically turn into? Oh, dementors make things cold? Ice! Like, what What else would it be? I think it's weird to, like, say that, like, I don't know, that he was completely, like, n- they just weren't able to understand him. Like, I think that's, like, BS, but whatever. I just also want to say that I've completely copied all of these from IMDb, so take that with what you will. Um, take that with what you will. Uh, shut up! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't... I, are you... you you're not good with actors, are you? Okay. It depends. Who was originally asked to play Trelawney? Oh, no. I don't know anything about who was originally going to play who. Okay, no yeah, idea. that's fine. Tilda Swinton. Um, oh, I feel like I have heard that somewhere. That's interesting. They give me the same kind I of, I literally have like, only vibe. seen her in Doctor Strange, so... That, and that might just me being a dumb American, but... Probably. I Have I seen her in other things? I'm going to look her up right now because this is going to bug me. Tilda Swinton. I feel like I have seen her in something else. Um, uh, oh, she was in Narnia. Duh. I've never watched Narnia. You've Isn't never watched a... The Lion, the Witch, and the no. Wardrobe? Is she like the ice princess or something? Yes. Oh my god. I cannot believe you've never seen Narnia. Oh, she was in Avengers. Duh. She was in... Yeah. Narnia, Narnia, Narnia. Okay, I think I think that's all I've seen her in then. Hmm. Okay. Oh, Uncut Gems. Oh, I've seen that. Uncut Gems. It was not a good movie, <laughs> in my opinion. Um, she said no. Not her. She said fault, no though. because she didn't like the idea of romanticizing British boarding schools because she found them lonely and isolating. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Why was Harry Melling, who plays Dudley, almost recast? Because he... Yep. <laughs> Literally. So he wears a fat suit for the rest yeah, of the films. Yeah, I heard it. I've definitely heard that one. Oh, I didn't. I thought those. I, I don't know. No, it's still interesting. <laughs> I only ever... I only heard that I mean, like... I know he does get skinny. He looks fairly... Much skinnier in Dudley Hollows. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um... Lupin is one of two other professors to refer to the students by their first names and not their surnames. Who are the other two professors? Flitwick? No. (laughs) I literally... Okay, hold on. I... I don't know. Is it... It's not Trelawney, I don't think. She doesn't refer to anyone. No. 
Dumbledore and Hagrid. Oh, duh. I'm like... <laughs> oh, yeah, because Hagrid never called Harry by his last name, and neither did Dumbledore. No. I remember when he was mad at Harry, and he called him Potter, and so Harry called him Sir, and he was like, you've never called me Sir, and he was like, then why did you call me Potter? Um... <laughs> What is the random Slytherin boy's name who replaces Goyle in the film? You 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 you'd have no idea. Oh my god, no! I feel like I I feel like I know, but I also I don't. Pike. Interesting. Cool. I don't know. He wasn't in the books apparently. Um, what are the names of the two cats he used to play Crookshanks? Aww, I don't. You're also know. not gonna get this, I don't but. Know. Crackerjack and Pumpkin. That is so cute. <laughs> no, Crookshanks' name so before cute. we named him Crookshanks um, was Pinecone. Just fun fact. Yeah. Oh, that would have been cool. That was close, so Pumpkin. <laughs> Not really. So cute. The set of Honey Dukes was a reused set from what other shops in the previ- previous movies? Oh, I don't know. Two. Probably one of. Oh, was it, like, Ollivander's? Yes. Oh, and they didn't really show Madame Malkin's, but was it? No. No. Flourish and Blots from the second one. Yeah. That's it! Oh, hooray! Well, that was... Maybe maybe we'll do this again. Maybe. Who knows? No one's gonna tell us if it was good or not, so... Yeah. I'm not bitter. Follow us on Instagram at Ron and Her. Follow us! The Romance. Um, Well, thanks for tuning in to the bonus episode for the Prisoner of Azkaban movie. We hope you enjoyed it and the really random segments that we added in. Um, And be sure to come back for the beginning of Goblet of Fire, my favorite book. Your favorite one. I'm so excited. Okay. See you next time. (laughs)